You're listening to 30 Minute Expert. I'm Katie. And I'm Zach. Every episode, I challenge Zach to become an expert on a totally random topic. And if that's not hard enough, I only have 30 minutes to do it. We want to prove that no matter who you are, or how much education you have, with a little help from the internet, anyone can become an expert on any topic in the world. So, Catherine, what will I be learning about today? <laughs> Just kidding. Psych. Psych. That's why that sounded so genuine. <laughs> so today, Katie was working all day mm-hmm. filming a commercial, so she didn't give me a topic before she left for work. I know, I was supposed to, but it was very early and I didn't. <laughs> it was early. You had a lot on your excuse. mind. You had a lot to do, but yeah. uh, I didn't want to bug you when you were filming, so I just decided, you know what? I'm going to uh, dig into my trusty list that I keep in my phone of what I think would be some good episode ideas that I, I give to you when you're doing the studying. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll just pluck one off there. So I did. Perfect. Did you pick a good one or a not good one? Uh, I definitely did not pick one that I thought would suck. <laughs> that uh, makes sense. Is it a good one? I don't know. You tell me. Listeners, okay, tell me. You tell, tell us me. after we uh, air this episode. Um, but I picked off of my list... Mm-hmm. Which is quite long. Uh, I picked Jello. Awesome! I love that topic. Okay, cool. D- Jello is adorable, jiggly, delicious, confusing. What is it? It's a perfect topic. I guess so. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. It might not be that interesting. We'll find out. It certainly exists in the American zeitgeist. So yeah, everybody knows about Jello. Yeah. Everybody has some opinion on it. I mean, not that you have a strong opinion, but everybody, you know, you feel one way or another about it. Mm-hmm. So why not learn where the H it came from? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Oh, I love it. Let's do it. It'll be fun and colorful. Okay, here's the trick. I've already done my studying, but we're still gonna take our obligatory 15 second break, oh, and true, then true. Uh, we'll be right back. Okay. Now, in real life, that break was about four and a half seconds. <laughs> but with some the editing, magic of editing. We'll spread it out a bit. Mm-hmm. And we'll put cool music in. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. Pardon my pen noises for a second. Jello. Jello. The year. 1897. It is not. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. The place. I, I did not think it was going to be that year. I thought it would be more recent. Well, drop all of your preconceived notions I about will. this dessert, would oh you? Oh, my gosh. I will. The place, Leroy, New York. Have you ever heard of Leroy? No. I've heard of a man named Leroy. Okay, this is a city named Leroy. No, I'm from New York and I don't know about it. Where is it? Do you know? Yeah, it's up, uh, I don't remember if it's maybe closer to Syracuse than Buffalo, so forgive me if I'm putting it uh, as a suburb of the wrong city, but it's like a, a, okay. a bit east of Buffalo. East of, okay. Yeah, which okay. which so may be, there. it might be closer to Syracuse on the west mm-hmm. side. I don't really remember, but it, I just like looked on the map because I was like, I have no idea where this is. Where yeah. is it? And it's uh, east of Buffalo a little bit. Sure, sure. Got it. So we got the year, we got the place. Got the it. people oh. in this story uh-huh. would be Pearl Bigsby Waite. Wow. Who is a man. Oh, <laughs> what and, a twist. Yeah, and his wife, May. So Pearl and May. Pearl Are and May. Are you sure Pearl was a man? I swear, he was a man. Okay. And according to Wikipedia, he was a carpenter and a cough syrup manufacturer back when a man could be both. <laughs> wow. But, I mean, that seems like a weird combination, right? 
for sure. But I could also see, you know, cough syrup manufacturing. Once you get that thing up and running, does it require all your time? Maybe not. So why not supplement with some carpentry? All right. That's a a very level-headed way of looking at it. I was thinking more like, man, this is such a weird combo. And then I was like, but you know what? If you think about the modern-day version of, like, a construction worker who is addicted to codeine and mixing lean in his kitchen, there's probably... Thousands of those in America. So maybe this guy was just a out of work contractor who dabbled in party drugs. Maybe. 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 Anyway, not much is known about these two. Okay. Uh, Pearl and May, except that in 1897. Or maybe 1895. Like I said, not much is known about them. Uh, <laughs> they thought it would be a good idea to add color and fruit flavor to sweetened granulated gelatin and they were right yeah they were that's pretty much exactly what jello is right exactly did this have anything i i did this have anything to do with the cough syrup or is this a different thing uh no i a couple of places so there's like i said very little online about these two and Mm -hmm. what you do read is just copy and paste it from the last place yeah, so yeah. it's like okay if the source of this all of this is wrong then everything out there is wrong because yeah. they all seem to just be sharing the same little bits of information um he it said but like it says he was working on something like a cough syrup in a laxative tea something like i don't mm-hmm. know if he was trying to put two in one or if he was kind of toiling with both of those and then landed on the idea for jello but either way it doesn't seem as though he was trying to make this a medicine he, okay. i think he just was familiar with these ingredients and maybe working on adding a little gelatin to his laxative or something like sure. that thinking that might help and then he's like hey this is actually like just a dessert doesn't make Great. you poop, laxative but free. <laughs> yeah okay. it's actually quite good yeah uh, gelatin, however, was not their original invention. No. Meaning that they didn't invent gelatin, right? Gelatin's been around for a long time, right? In fact, what? I even have that written down. Oh. In fact, uh-huh. people have been extracting gelatin from animal parts since at least the 10th century. Whoa, that is a long time ago. Right? Mm-hmm. That's a really long time. So they did not invent gelatin. No. Uh... Sparse. No one invented ge- the fun thing about gelatin. I mean, fun or not fun, however you want to look at it. But it is natural, right? Like you said, like people got could get it from boiling animal parts, and there you go. That's how you get. It's not like a a chemical thing, is what I'm trying to say. You can get it from a natural source, and you can get it in the 10th century with the tools at your disposal. Yes and no. Oh. So yes, it's it's naturally occurring and it doesn't require any like modern chemicals. Mm-hmm. But no, in that right now you do not have gelatin in your body. Gelatin is what is produced when cartilage is you know the collagen is extracted from the soft tissue. Like then you produce gelatin. So okay. you know what I'm saying. So it's like yeah, yeah. Somebody was the first to deliberately do that, but also. I suppose a lightning bolt strikes a puddle and there's a dead animal in it and it boils it and it somehow, you know, like it it could be naturally occurring in that sense, but it's like, it has to be deliberately made. Yeah. Right. No, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but it became like there were sparse instances of, uh, gelatin popping up in recipes around Europe and the Middle East for the next several hundred years. Like, like I said, first instance, 10th century. So for the next several hundred years, there are uh, recipes just sprinkled around that include some sort of um, 
boiling of an animal to create a gelatin sort of substance uh, Mm -hmm. that is part of the recipe. It became more common uh, and production really improved through the 1800s in Europe and in America with uh, Peter Cooper of New York City. Oh, uh, I've heard of that place. Oh, (laughs) yes. I'm sure you have. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought you were going to say you've heard of the guy because he is like a pretty famous philanthropist, inventor. Oh, really? I think he created the first steam locomotive engine um, and I'm sure many other things. Uh, But he filed the first American patent for gelatin production in 1845. Okay. And then that same patent is the one that was sold to Pearl in May in 1890-something. So that's kind of cool i guess Mm -hmm. uh as far as you know 1800s gelatin facts go uh and then interestingly knox gelatin are you familiar with knox gelatin k-n-o-x no but i'm not really familiar with any gelatin so right it's not Um, saying much it's it's kind of like just a brand of plain unflavored uncolored gelatin it's just for adding to things to make them jellified they sell it in every grocery store i'm sure you've seen the box not that i'm expecting you to remember i'm just saying like it's a it's everywhere Mm -hmm. this product does it come in sheets they may make it in sheets they definitely sell it in packets similar to jello where it's granulated oh okay yeah um, but they may also sell sheets okay um i only know about the sheets from uh i think the Great British Baking yeah, Show. Yeah, yeah. So you can buy gelatin. gelatin in, uh, like, it's almost like eh, a little bigger than a playing card, but mm-hmm. even thinner sheets of gelatin where it's kind of like flexible, pliable, um, and it's uh, you See you don't, yeah, it's like clear. You add that to your pot of boiling water, and then that it sort of there's enough gelatin in that to it's like concentrated and mm-hmm. you, you yeah, make your gelatin product off of that thing. little sheet yeah um so this knox gelatin company though i bring them up because they are also from new york from johnstown new york oh wow henceforth and forever new york should be known as the jelly belt because <laughs> all this cooper guy jello itself Knox gelatin all from new york how weird is that yeah that is super weird right and especially because they're all far away from each other like they don't they, even have yes, anything to do with yes that's a really good other. point actually i wish that they were all in like western new york because then i could just say western new york is the jelly belt these are <laughs> like almost in every corner of yeah. new york it's very strange mm. um i mean i guess there's a little bit of you know that guy sold the patent to the other guy so it makes sense that they're in the same state but still yeah but no we're still going with it jelly belt all the way thank you um did i say how gelatin is made Kind of, yeah. You said, well, you said since people have been boiling. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so there's a really gross way to put it, and then a not-so-gross way to put it. The gross way is that pork and cattle, skins and bones are boiled and chemically treated to extract the collagen. Mm-hmm. And then the not-so-gross way to say it would be to just not talk about it at all, because it's very gross, <laughs> no matter how you think about it. Okay. Um, so that's how it, that's how gelatin is produced and from boiled animal parts. Yeah. And that's why gelatin and jello is not vegan. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. It's an animal product and it is, is derived from animals a hundred percent. There's yeah. no way around it. So nowadays, 
Um, going back to what we were talking about earlier with, you know, saying like, there's no real chemicals needed, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Now it is very chemical, um, heavy oh, really? and very scientific, far beyond what you make on your stove. Like, cause if you boil chicken on your stove or chicken bones, like we do mm-hmm. quite often to make broth, bone broth. Yeah. Um, when you boil that and you sift out all, you know, the bones and the little flecks and stuff like that, and it, you just have your clear broth, you put it in the fridge it cools off the next day when you tear off the top of the Tupperware, you've got like a quarter inch thick, like skim of what is gelatin, right? Yeah. Like you've seen that. So well, remember that... just recently, sorry, it's just so, no. it's, it's, I have to tell that I just made pho for the first time recently and I boiled that whole chicken. Uh-huh. I usually, I make broth all the time, but I always just use the bones and skin and stuff like that. But I boiled an entire chicken, a raw chicken. It was crazy. I didn't know if it was going to work, but it did work. And when that stock came out the next day, it was like jello. The entire thing was like Yeah, a it can, yeah, bit it doesn't jello-y. have to just be a skim. It can yeah. be the entire thing. Yeah. It, yeah, totally. So that is uh one way of 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 um if you've ever done that, you've observed how gelatin can be formed after boiling animal parts. But the most efficient way when you're doing it on such a high volume yeah. and then you need to be able to granulate this gelatin, you know, it's mm-hmm. there's a lot of chemicals involved um that help with cleaning the the bones or skins beforehand and then yeah. and, you know i'm making up words but emulsifying them and and mm-hmm. dissolving them in a way that it most efficiently separates the two parts from each other and breaks down the chemical bonds of the sure. protein all that stuff that's like everything in life right sure. like everything has the way that they used to do it yeah. and the way that's the cleanest and the healthiest and the most environmentally friendly but then if you want to scale it and sell it to literally millions of people from this one manufacturer of course it becomes super chemically and not environmentally friendly and kind of a hot mess of course mm-hmm. i know it's like even buying like bread from the grocery store the bread that is supposedly like the fresh baked bread from the bakery mm-hmm. and it's like okay i'm no dummy i know that this came on a truck in frozen dough balls mm. okay so it started frozen so why does it need to have like 39 ingredients in it and all these like chemicals and preservatives it's like just make dough freeze it if you must i'm that's okay with me i'll sign <laughs> off on that and then bake it when it arrives you know what i'm saying yeah. like well, probably Even again because of like, like the shipping and how long it has to. They have to make sure that it survives the the uh, truck route and gets there and hasn't turned to salmonella by then and all these things. Yeah. That's why we should just make everything ourselves. Okay. Okay, that's a different podcast. Let's get back to Jello. Back to Jello. Funnily enough, I had that written down. Oh, that whole thing. No, but totally back to Jello. And oh, I'm pointing really? it on my paper. You, you knew I was going to take us off route. I knew it. Uh, the weights, the family, not not the not the the heft of something, oh, but the, uh-huh. the Pearl and May. Oh, yeah. Remember them? Didn't they have three names? Well, he was Pearl Bigsby Wait. Yeah, exactly. And then she's just May Wait. Wait. Yeah. Okay, cool. May Wait. May, May. not. <laughs> uh, they sold the brand in 1899, so they loved it and left it. They were like, yeah. we have this great idea. We're inventing Jell-O. And then like two years later, they're like, eh. Maybe uh, they needed the cash. Well, if they did, they're in luck because they sold it for a whopping sum of $450. Whoa. How much is that? Then, That's according though? to the New York Times. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I should have done the conversion. But still. Way more, but was not a ton. Like 40 grand. That's nothing compared to 
what they could have gotten. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But who knows? That might have been a really smart move for them. They mm-hmm. sold it to a company called Genesee Pure Food Company who produced a drink called Grano. G-R-A-I-N hyphen O. That sounds like something I don't want to drink. Right. Yeah, me neither. It sounds like um It sounds like Drano. exactly what I avoid drinking. It sounds like what I try and avoid when I make chicken broth. And the last little bit I say, that's Grano. And I pour it out. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think their Grano had uh, bits of chicken bone in it. I think it was more made from you know grains okay uh but anyway they bought it because they call they owned grano and they were making a strong attempt to lock down the hyphen o market apparently Mm -hmm. uh initially sales weren't great for Mm -hmm. the company but they did some pretty smart things to boost awareness of the brand because nobody knew about Mm jello like gelatin had been around It, it kind of was Known in small circles, if you can say that. I don't know. It wasn't like the rarest thing in the world for there to be a gelatin-based dish in 1860, but certainly not in every house. Certainly Mm -hmm. not like readily available to just like buy a packet and make it on your own in, you know, the hour or two, whatever it takes to set. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, they did some cool things to spread awareness. Genesee Food Company, they distributed Jell-O cookbooks all across the country. Uh, you know, like they had salesmen go out and just hand them out, post them up, whatever. Uh, and then they also took it upon themselves to dub Jell-O America's most famous dessert, despite almost zero evidence of that being even remotely true. Wow. He, that wasn't true at all from no, what you're no telling me. No one even me. knew about it. Nothing, nothing points to that being even remotely true. No. <laughs> okay. So that's fun. Branding. But it worked. People, uh, they got the word out. And I mean... Mm-hmm. This is a very obvious thing to do when you're trying to get the word about about your brand, but they, you know, bought ad space in the most popular magazines of the day, especially women's magazines, because especially back in 1910, 1920, women were the ones who shopped for the food and cooked the food. So mm-hmm. whatever the women wanted to buy and cook is what would be served for dinner, you know? Yeah. Um. So then in the 20s, Genesee... They merged with Postum. Are you familiar with Postum? No. Oh, yeah, I am. I've heard of them because of instant coffee. Is that right? Um, yeah, you're on the right track. It's not coffee. That's oh. the whole thing about Postum. It is like a uh, – I don't know what grains are in it, but it is a – so basically what I'm getting at, it was a direct competitor of Grano. Oh. It, mm. Postum is like a – and it's still around. It's a grain-based – drink that you drink hot and it's like a coffee substitute there's no caffeine and you know it's owned by like kellogg or something like that um Mm -hmm. but it's it's very old timey i'm pretty sure the brand still exists but like no one drinks post them sure um i think you know when it first came out it's like oh it's a healthy alternative to coffee but then we found out that coffee's not unhealthy Mm -hmm. and yeah. Most people like the caffeine gross. in coffee. <laughs> yeah, really. And Postum tasted like bread water. Yeah. Um, so to me, the weirdest – oh, wait. Sorry. Uh, I have to go back. They merged with Postum and then um, shortly after, they also acquired uh, Bird's Eye Frozen Food. Oh, wow. They're huge. Yes. Remember we were talking to someone once and it was like their great-grandpa who founded Bird's Eye? It was like their last name or something like that. I do remember the last name bit. I remember because thinking that Bird's Eye is, for, you know, would not be something that was someone's last name, but right. it was. Yeah, and it was like, I mean, like I just said, this guy 
whoever founded Bird's Eye sold it in the 20s. So it's like they had nothing to – they didn't have the money from the company. The family didn't have, you know, the rights for the money in 100 years. But it was like his great-grandfather or something who founded Bird's Eye Foods. I wish we could remember. Um, Yeah, anyway. Uh, Jell-O's weird, right? I feel like most people are aware of this. The weirdest thing to me about Jell-O is – the savory dishes that people loved to make with Jello in yeah. the 50s and 60s. We've all seen these these internet, uh, you know, clickbait list things that are like gross old <laughs> Jello recipes, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. Tuna, olives, mm-hmm. cucumbers, tomatoes, peppers. Literally, nothing was off limits. So much so that Jello. In like the height of these disgusting recipes, <laughs> came out with flavors. They came out with celery flavored Jello, oh, wow. tomato flavored Jello, and Italian flavored Jello. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> That's so gross. Yes. So they did this to like really round out the flavors that people were already foisting upon their product. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps well, the... how were they even making those? That like, what what flavor Jello were you putting the olives in before? Strawberry? No. From what I mean, I'm sure people were doing different things, but from what I saw, it seemed to be mostly lime. I which just was. Thinking I don't know lime. how I feel about. I'm, no, still I mean these bad, are all horrible. But still like... bad, but way better than watermelon. Correct. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you. That's so gross. Why it's probably the biggest this? stain on the American culinary record, uh, I think. It's up there. It's up there. Um, and it, I don't know. When I think about it, I'm like, this had to have just been a novelty. Mm-hmm. Like the just the idea of Jello, the the substance, the consistency, the look of it. It's it was it was like space age. It's clear yeah. and it's weird and it takes the shape of whatever. Like it just had to have been the novelty of it, right? Because like, why were people so into it? As, yeah. a, you know, as far as, like, making molds and putting solid foods inside the Jell-O. Jell-O's great. Make a bowl of Jell-O, eat, like, eat a cup of Jell-O. It's totally fine on its own. Why anyone would be eating lime Jell-O and be like, this would be really good with <laughs> tuna and olives. That's insane. Yeah, I don't, I really don't know. I can't speak for those people. So all the while, when people are bastardizing their <laughs> brand um they're introducing some more sensible flavors like peach mm. and cherry mm. in their puddings all good they came out with the puddings then yeah pretty yeah. early they came out yeah i think that was like the 30s they came out with the puddings the puddings um, are really good pudding is so good i <laughs> love pudding and i feel like i was saying this to you the other day or not the other day but within the last month or so i would like out of the blue i was like Wait, what is pudding? Like, how would one make pudding at home? You mean without a packet of pudding? I don't know. Does it have gelatin in it? I don't know. How did they make pudding before Jell-O started selling instant pudding packets whenever that was? Well, that can be your next topic. Uh, I think this is enough. (laughs) Um, You think this is going well enough that we should do a follow-up episode Mm -hmm. about just pudding? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Wow. Okay. Uh, When people are doing these disgusting recipes, like everyone's doing it, Mm -hmm. okay? So I'm not holding it against anyone. You were caught up in a wave. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then that wave crested, and sales began to decline in the 1960s. And this is weird to me. Experts, I read online, point to uh, the, you know, 
kind of fast-paced lifestyle that that was going through the country in the 60s and and more women working and Mm -hmm. I guess their point is less time for like culinary exploration. So that's why their sales declined. But that flies in the face of why experts also think that it gained popularity in the middle of the century, which is that it was quick to make. It took like relatively little prep. Um, One thing I saw that was interesting was like, you know, kind of the family structure not broke down but just like spread out in the middle part of the century it used to be that you lived on a farm with nine people not you know three mm-hmm. generations now it's you live in an apartment with your spouse and your kid and that's it you don't live near your family so it was like this was something that you could do that was kind of quick you're not spending three hours preparing the meal for the men when they come home for work you know mm-hmm. with your mom and grandma it's like no this is like it's on you now you got to make it and this is pretty quick and easy yeah so the fact that they're like, well, then the 60s came around and life just got too fast and women were working, so they stopped buying yeah, jobs. I don't know. Those things kind of conflict to sense. me. Yeah. Um, either way, both interesting explanations. I suppose one of them could be true. I just don't really see how both are true. Mm-hmm. Either way, they were able to write the ship. Oh, how? In the 1970s. Nice. They hired as their spokesperson. Oh, America's favorite comedian. Oh, wow. I forgot about this part. Bill Cosby. Oh, no. This episode is going south. Do you know that he was their spokesperson for 30 years? Well, I believe it because I remember him being their spokesperson and I was not alive in the 70s. So, Yeah. yeah, I believe it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know in what capacity he was their spokesperson. I don't think he was appearing necessarily on commercials every day for 30 years. But he was, you know, from the time he first started working to them to the last time that he did anything with Jello, thirty years. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and he is very associated with Jello for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and during that time, Jello really expanded because so they saw the writing on the walls. Their sales are tanking. Mm-hmm. People aren't into <laughs> just making Jello salads. They called them too, which is disgusting. <laughs> that was the word for these things where you'd have like. Cut up hot dog and onion in in bell pepper in your tomato flavored jello jello with a block of cream cheese stirred in. They were called salads. There, you remember? Do you remember that there is a dish that appears at your family Christmas every year? That is, it doesn't have any savory stuff in it, so I'll give it that. But it is referred to as a salad, and it has jello and strawberries and perhaps cream cheese and pretzels. Yes, okay, but you need to do a better job explaining it because people are picturing a loaf of jello with those things sprinkled throughout. That is actually a good dessert. I agree with you. <laughs> Calling it a salad is so stupid. Yeah. No, I wasn't saying it's bad because yeah. it is good, but it is also not a salad. It is a nice, crunchy, layered dessert that has a pretzel <laughs> crust and then a thin layer of strawberry jello on top, which I think is tasty. It but is. I agree with you. To call it a salad is a misnomer. I would go as far as saying insane. <laughs> okay. If salads are going to be salads, that can't be a salad. Yeah, no. It has nothing to do with salad. Anywho, uh, they knew that they needed to do something. Mm -hmm. So they hired Bill Cosby as their spokesperson, and then they started coming out with lots of new, innovative products, like 
Like Jello what? pudding pops. Oh. Jello jigglers, which are just yes. little mini jellos uh-huh. in shapes. Um, <laughs> all these things. And it was that. hugely successful, though. Like, it really turned their brand around, and people thought Jello was fun again and, yeah. and cool, and they really started buying it. And I mean, to be fair, they started offering new products. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, of course, people are going to be more interested yeah, in the yeah. new products than the thing that's been on the shelf for the last, at this yeah. point, 70 years. But this campaign did what they wanted it to. For sure. Mm. Um, so much so that this little tiny company that was, let's see, 93 years earlier, sold for $450, was acquired by Kraft Foods in 1990. I don't mm. know for what price, but like, come on, Kraft acquiring <laughs> yeah. Jello in the 90s, like that's that's a huge Definitely. acquisition. I was just thinking how Jello, if they could have been operating with hindsight, maybe one of them is a tra- time traveler because they really got Bill Cosby at the perfect time and then dropped him at the perfect time. Yeah, it's true. Like, think about it. Jello wasn't tainted by that whole thing. Because he was already not doing Jello anymore, you know. Yeah, yeah, long from it. Jello yeah, didn't have to make a big statement and be like, more. "Oh, we don't condone this." Uh-huh. Oh, Jared from Subway. Like it was just, <laughs> it was fine, right? Yeah, no, totally. They 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 cashed in on that, and they did not have to face yeah any repercussions. Mm-hmm. Um, good for Jello. Good for Jello. Except, sorry, Jello, because your sales really started to slump again <laughs> in the 2000s. But they needed him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the thing. Because in 2009, they started to skid. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was just reading one thing uh, from Business Insider that was a bit dated, admittedly, but I couldn't find anything more recent or at least didn't make enough effort to. Uh, from 2009 to 2014, their sales, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're still like extremely successful by any measure but you can't ignore the drop off in sales Mm -hmm. so over that five-year span their sales went from 932 million Mm dollars in 2009 to 2014 five years later they sold 692 million dollars worth of product wow so like 300 million plus less um about 250 240 million dollars less yeah in five years i mean that's that's you know 30% 30% of you, your of their total profits. Do you have from- an explanation for this or cuz my thought was you're kind of getting into the zone of well I guess the 90s people like weirdly tried to be healthy but they did it in very bizarre ways. Um but in the two th- 2009 to 2014 maybe people were really getting to the point of not trying to eat so much sugar and so they said why are we going to down all this jello this sugar water really yeah i think you're spot on Mm -hmm. i think that's what everybody would point to in this instance is that yeah healthy eating became something that people were a lot more conscious about in that span i mean year after year that movement would be picking up steam Mm -hmm. and probably still to this day i can't imagine that jello has like rebounded in the past seven years yeah um but yeah so that's where they were in 2014 at least okay um that's that's about the end of the timeline i mean i we wish jello well yeah we love jello i hope that they somehow find a new spokesperson who's a a good (laughs) beloved comedian today that they could really uh sink their claws into um today today maybe like i'm struggling to think of one i know you know what? Maybe Kevin Hart. They need I Kevin Hart to do Kevin some Hart commercials. I just thought of Kevin Hart, too. Yeah. 
He would be good. He does a lot of commercials. People like Kevin Hart. Oh, they love him. He can sell Jello. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's about as far as the timeline goes, but I do have some facts to share with you. Fun facts? Uh, yes, fun facts. Okay, So, <laughs> turns out, remember earlier when I said that uh, we had to start calling New York the Jelly Belt? Yeah. I wrote that, and then, at the end of my research, I learned that Utah is actually called the Jello Belt. Because, Why? did you know that, it, this is according to Wikipedia, <laughs> Jello is huge in the Mormon community. I wonder why. I have no idea. I wonder... I don't know I'm why. not sure what to make about that. So much so that in... Pardon my papers. In the early 2000s, Utah declared their love of Jell-O, making it the official snack of the state. What? And they even named February 12th through 18th Jell-O Week. In oh. In, I think... I don't know if that's a recurring thing or if this was just in 2002, uh, running up to the opening ceremony of the 2002 Winter Olympics, which are held in Salt Lake City in Utah. What? This is bizarre. Yeah, but either way, they love Jell-O. And again, I don't know what to make of that. No. And the only place I read this was Wikipedia, so <laughs> it could be 100% made up. Oh, I like it. It's a fun idea. I like it, too. It's it's um, it's um a random fact about Jell-O. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Utah. And Utah. The Jell-O belt, mm-hmm. as we now know. The first gelatin recipe, remember I said it's been around since at least the 10th century? Oh, yeah. So that 10th century recipe was from an Arabic cookbook. Okay. Um, and it was an aspic, which an aspic, I guess we never really talked about that. An aspic is a gelatin that, like a gelatin dish that is has bits of solid food in it, like usually meat or vegetables, um, that is made from the gelatin of like the animal that is in the thing, you know? So if you picture, I mean, I'll just tell you this one from this 10th century cookbook was made by boiling fish heads. So it's like you'd boil these fish heads and it would, you know, form a gelatin because you're sucking all the collagen out of it but then like the fish heads just stay in it like you eat that whole thing like that's oh. so an aspic is like a, a gelatin that has meat Bits in of it that basically thing in it. basically uh, that, well, like specifically meat okay that doesn't sound very good no it doesn't <laughs> and that was another like that, that was another word for these jello salads in the 50s like they were referred aspics. to as aspics mm-hmm. yeah um, I mean, at least take the fish head out. Maybe I thought you were going to say then they put chunks of the fish in it, but they just leave. I mean, that maybe head they do. There. I don't know. I shouldn't say they just leave the head in it, but like they would have meat in it. Okay. Um, remember Knox Gelatin Company we were talking about? I do. This isn't so much a fun fact as it is uh, just an observation. So, for being a company that is literally present on the shelves of every grocery store in America, mm-hmm. they have one of the worst websites <laughs> I have ever browsed. Like, just, just plain, <laughs> just boring. Ha- like, it looks like it hasn't been updated in, I mean, I'm not going to say it looks like a 1998 website, but truly it looks like about a... 2002 website wow that's almost impressive but honestly you know what that's what i was thinking i was like you guys make gelatin unflavored uncolored plain gelatin it would be weird if your website was like dazzling yeah right yeah so maybe it fits waste of resources yeah but it's like the type of bad where it like doesn't fill the screen of your (laughs) monitor (laughs) you know yeah yeah 
that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and like the buttons for like home and contact us are like, you know, in a zigzag pattern along the top of the screen, <laughs> and they're like buttons just big enough for your cursor to click on. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. You don't even click the word. Like, you literally click the little blue dot next to the word to. Oh, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time. It's pretty weak, I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original flavor. So, when, when, uh, Bigsby and what was his name? Pearl and May, uh-huh. uh, when they made the original Jello, the original flavors, they came out with four of them. Mm-hmm. They were, do you want to guess? Yes. Okay. Lemon. Lime. Correct. Wrong. Oh. Strawberry. Correct. Uh, watermelon? No. Not watermelon. I don't know. Orange? Oh, that's a good one. Orange. And raspberry. Oh, okay. Those are the four originals. Wait, so lemon, strawberry, orange, raspberry. Yeah. That's a pretty solid lineup. I'm proud of them for making those choices. They're good, yeah. Because more recently, uh, the Jell-O company themselves, the modern-day Jell-O company, has come out with some not-so-good ideas for flavors. Ooh, questionable flavors. Yeah, do you want to hear the um, what I think are the worst of the discontinued flavors? Yes. So we already covered those the ones we mentioned earlier, yeah, the, the celery and yes, the Italian yes. dressing or whatever. Um, but they've also come and gone a bubblegum flavor. Ugh. It sounds pretty gross. You're not right? supposed to swallow bubble gum. That's gross. Yeah, it's sending the wrong message. <laughs> uh, cola flavor. That could be okay. It could be okay, but it's just like why? Mm. Yeah, it's because it's like lime. flat, flat cola. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that, but yeah. it's just a, a weird flavor. I don't know. Mm. I didn't didn't sit well with me. Okay. Uh, another savory one that we didn't talk about earlier: mixed vegetable. That's nasty. What is the mix? I don't know. <laughs> Neither do they. You gotta taste it for yourself. Um, this one, this one, I really don't like, and I love this flavor. But as Jello, no, thank you. Maple syrup. That could be okay. Jello, cold maple syrup, Jello. Maple syrup is always cold. <laughs> not really. When do you really eat it cold? I mean, you can yeah, put it on ice it, cream yeah. or something. It's not like it's not the idea of maple syrup being cold that is gross to me. It's just like. I don't know. You don't eat spoonfuls of maple syrup. Yeah, you eat it's true. cereal that tastes like maple, or you mm-hmm. put it on a waffle or something. You know, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. That's just gross. It could be a lot. It could be a lot. Uh, and then the last one that I wrote down, cotton candy. Yeah. That's also just like, if you're like over the age of like seven, don't even yeah. try that. That's gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. One last thing. What? Apparently in like the late 90s. Jello's family-friendly reputation took a bit of a ding with the rise of Jello shots. Oh yeah, of yeah. course. So Jello shots, as I'm sure you all know, are where you mix alcohol with Jello, make little shots, and then you consume them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what I learned about Jello shots? What? That the alcohol is because when you make the gelatin mix, it gets the alcohol gets like trapped in the gelatin. Mm-hmm. So when you consume it drink it or eat it i'm not sure what you would do with it how you would call it yeah. yeah um but that so you swallow it it's in your stomach and like the alcohol is in the gelatin so it's like a time release capsule so yeah. it absorbs um over a much longer duration of time which is to say like be careful drinking yeah. jello shots because if you have I really don't know how much alcohol is in them, but like I'm assuming it's relatively low and you could probably have five and it feels Mm -hmm. like nothing. And then even a half hour later, it feels like you haven't had a drink, but then like you have seven more 
And then before you know it, you actually yeah, have like six shots worth of liquor in your stomach yeah. an hour later because you've just been downing these. Oh, and then that's you get really good advice. Sick. Yeah. 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 Be careful with that kind of thing. Oof. Be careful. Be careful out there. All right. Do you have anything else on Jello? No, that was great. Yeah? I really liked it. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. I'm it was glad. cute. Jiggly. I guess we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the Instagram page. I know. We would. So, Guys, Zach has a very personal relationship with Jello. Probably two years ago at this point, I was in a thrift store and I found a book. Um, oh, I can just see the binding of it, but I, there's a leaf covering the main words. I think it's called The Magic of Jello. Yeah. Um, and it's this cookbook from like the late 90s that has, I don't know, 100 recipes of, of uh, all Jello based things. And they're all goofy as you can imagine and i jokingly like posted a photo of it and said like oh if this gets a hundred retweets i'll i'll make a i'll make every recipe in this book and then uh and then it did because (laughs) my friend's friend who's in like a well-known band retweeted it so (laughs) he has you know all these thousands of followers so then of course all it took was him doing it once and then everyone was well you know not everyone but like enough people were retweeting it (laughs) So then I made this Instagram page where I was making all of these recipes for a while. I mean, yeah. I, I got to say, I did not do all 100. No, but you probably did 30. <sighs> At least 30, yeah. 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 And, you and know, it was every, a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of work, but it was so funny. It's Yeah, that, yeah that's, the, that's the point of it. It was very funny, or at least I thought so. At least I tried to make it. So if you go to at Jello Ambassador on Instagram, uh, and you'll see the photos there, of course, and then you can go to the stories, and yeah, every and recipe is contained in its own story on there, and they hold up. Yeah, I've I haven't done one in I don't know over a year, but like maybe like every seven months, I'll just like go back yeah. and watch some of them, and I will. I mean, of course, it's me writing jokes that I think are hilarious, so I'm gonna see them a year later and also think they're funny, but like. I think yeah. it's pretty funny. It's It really is cute and funny. And who knows? Like, maybe one day you'll just pop in and drop a new one. I might. Yeah, so you better follow that account because you don't want to miss it. Yeah, you really don't. It's very adorable. At Jello Ambassador. Yep. Sponsoring this episode. Oh, thanks, Jello Ambassador. Oh, no problem. Okay, that's all I have. That was, that was great. Thank you. Let's go make some chicken and not encode it in Jello. Good idea. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at 30 Minute Expert Podcast, where you can see cool photos of all the things we talked about today. And send us suggestions for future episodes. Also, if you're a real-life expert on one of the topics we covered, write to us and let us know what we missed. You can email us at 30MinuteExpertPodcast, that's 30MinuteExpertPodcast at gmail.com. If it's something especially interesting, maybe we'll read it on the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. And if you're really enjoying it, write a review. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye.